0: Hey, welcome to number 90 Let's get it going, let the good times roll That should really be made into a song by somebody Let's get it going Let the good times roll Or just like Since I'm such a heavy metal fan it's like Let's get it going Let the good times roll I don't know, but anyway, let's get into it uh, So I've found out the party For 100 since we are 10 away Is definitely going to be held At Scofflaw Brewing Company uh, Date to be determined. I don't know when 100 will be. Of course, it's going to be with the I of June, who were number one. And Scarflaw Brewing Company, as always, thank you for sponsoring the Scoped Podcast. And my boys, my ladies, my homies, my partners in crime, uh, thank you all so much. And yes, it is finally about to start cooling down so you can get over there and have a beer without sweating your ass off. Uh, you got the Falcons on, Braves in the playoffs. Uh, Hawks, my favorite time of the year Basketball season, gonna start up in Late October So you know get over there, have a beer And I got the one and only Claire Bronson Badass extraordinaire, this woman's boss As boss gets Boss ass babe, or boss ass bitch Whatever the people say, I don't know I don't know which one's more appropriate Of course I'm not a very appropriate person She is uh, my special guest today And she is awesome Great conversation I'm going to call her, uh, nickname her, the Brontosaurus, simply because she's a boss. She's a, she's what, what um what do you call it? She's a leader, a titan. A, um, I don't know, Brontosaurus sounds good. I don't know, maybe that can be taken the wrong way. I don't know, I'm going with it, because I've already said it. It's on here, Brontosaurus, because she's a badass. Let's go with that. Uh, great conversation with Claire. Uh, such a pleasure to meet her and get to sit down and have a conversation with her. Of course, she didn't drink because she's celiac, I believe, and can't have beer or gluten. Uh, So next time I'm going to have her some rosé next time she comes on the podcast. I'll tell you, it was real serious at first, and then, of course, as the scope to podcast goes, it got crazy real fast. I'll tell you, her husband, Scott, shouldn't always choose video games. Funny story regarding that one. A lot of funny stories from Claire and we had a really good time uh talk and really hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did uh having it with Claire so you know what episode 90 of the scoped podcast starts now stepping in my world I'm psyched let's go now I was very excited to talk to you about something that happened last night, to get a female perspective on it.
1: Oh, all right.
0: All right we're going now, by the way. Okay,
1: all right. We're, and, we're in uh,
0: it. We're in it to win <laughs> it. Well, I'm now waiting for my beer to get cold because I am drinking a beer, clear. Don't Claire.
1: shame me. I, I have to blame. I mean, all three of my business partners have done this podcast. Not yeah. a one gave me a heads up about.
0: I told you I bring beer. When? On Facebook Messenger. I was like, I have beer for us.
1: Maybe I just didn't take you. See that. Maybe that's my fault. I didn't take you seriously. <gasps>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you and my girlfriend have a chat this morning? Have, have y'all been texting and talking?
1: I, I may have gotten a heads up. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So we, we went to the concert last night, right? At the masquerade. Okay. And We were backstage. We were drinking and then we leave. Like, we got to get some food. So there's, you know, the waffle house, um, next to Centennial Olympic down there.
1: Okay.
0: And we were by the masquerade. And so we're, Walk into the Waffle House, and we're both a little intoxicated, you know, enough as you are, of course, ubering, you know, and all Mm -hmm. that, you know, be responsible. Mm -hmm. We're we're walking, we're walking to the Waffle House, and she sees that goddamn Ferris wheel, and uh, (laughs) and and she's been bothering me for a month. I want to ride the Ferris wheel, I want to ride the. I'm like, what is the point of riding the Ferris wheel?
1: Um. Sometimes you just have to make your girlfriend happy.
0: I but, but it's it, but it was hot as all get out. It's right. summer. That's kind of a winter thing.
1: A winter thing. Well, down here, I could see. Yeah. Like
0: because people have lights up and all that and you have the Christmas decorations. It's cool to see from the top. Was- $30 one loop. Uh- <laughs> one all right. go, one go around.
1: How long has she been wanting this though?
0: Oh, months, months. Right. Like, okay. I mean. And- okay. And then a bunch of the women before her wanted it. They wanted to go. So she is actually the one who got the Ferris Wheel ride. But I mean, thirty worst thirty dollars I've ever spent.
1: Was it hot in there? No, it was just—it was just like it would stop like in an
0: awkward spot, and you'd be like staring in front of this fucking building, and it's like, like like you're stopped for like five minutes, and like you know the person on top is getting a gorgeous view of the city, and you're seeing some dude watching TV in his living room in like some apartment, and you realize like you're trying not to be awkward, you like look like he was watching TV in his living room, and he looked over, and I'm like.
1: Just, <laughs> well, at least that's all you saw. Just okay. yeah,
0: just sitting there on the Ferris wheel. Oh, it was just it made me so mad. And then the night, and then where we really diffused this one quick because me and uh, Asia, that's my girlfriend, uh-huh. we are very good at communicating.
2: Okay,
0: like if something is like if one of us is getting bothered by something. And this is your interview, uh, Claire, by far. I'm just telling you this initial story, all right? No, please. And go on. This is your this is your time. That's okay. And then we get to Waffle House, and I go to sit down, and the worst thing ever happens. What? Can you guess?
1: You sit down at Waffle House? Yeah. And the worst thing ever happens? I
0: sat down, and then she goes to sit down, and the worst thing ever happens.
1: Um, did you sit in something?
0: No. What? She sat on the same side of the booth as me.
1: Oh, that's the worst thing ever. Ever, I'm getting a lot about you, Jackson.
0: Oh no, I, I mean I like. Are she's, you
1: claustrophobic?
0: No, it's just it, you I. You don't I, like
1: girls, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: been it's been 30 years of a sham, <laughs> and so
1: I'm finally coming out. <laughs> no, it's when
0: I'm at a restaurant and I see a couple sitting on the same side of the booth and one the other side completely empty and they're like looking like like this. I I don't know. So she she sits down. And, and like I said, we've had enough liquid courage to be able to speak my mind at this point. Right. Yeah. And I'm still pissed off from the fucking Ferris wheel and that $30 charade. And I'm like, what do you think you're doing? And she's like, I just wanted to sit next to you and be close. And I was like, please get over there. And <laughs> I mean, I, I thought she was about to start throwing plates in Waffle House. It became this huge thing. And then at some point I'm like, okay, we need to defuse this before it goes any further. Okay. How this morning we work? wake up and I'm like, don't ever try to sit on the same side as me again. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: How long have you been together?
0: Four and a half months. Four and a
1: half
0: months. Yeah. Oh. But but here's the thing. Here's what I love about dating in my 30s. Uh-huh. I thought dating in your 30s was going to be boring. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, you're, I both, you're both a little more mature. You're a little more established. You know, no one tries to play games. You like know You know who you
1: are. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know,
0: when are trying to date in your, like, mid-20s or young 20s, everybody's trying to play games with each other. They don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. act like they're interested. You know, in your 30s, it's like, okay, I like you, you like me, let's give this a shot.
1: Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the ladies now know that Jackson does not like Ferris wheels or sitting on the same side as him.
0: Those are my two things.
1: Yep. That's it. That's,
0: like, really my only two things. Okay. I don't want to ride a Ferris wheel. Is there I,
1: anything else that you want to get out there now? Before I mean, we've got some I mean, time here. There,
0: there, are things that pop up here and there. I mean, I'm am a complicated individual.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an onion. No, yeah, you know, okay. I got layers. layers. I got layers. Now, here's what okay. I'm interested in. Okay. So, say you were Catherine. You know, you obviously kept your name for your stage name and you know for being an actor, right? Mm-hmm. So, but is your last name legally Poitras or is it still Bronson? No, it's not. Mm.
1: It's still Bronson. It will always be Bronson. Um, do you want the long story or the short story?
0: The long, baby. Come on now.
1: All right. Um, so uh, my I grew up with my mom. My parents divorced when I was five years old. And um, she got remarried. And so I had... I actually... So I was born Claire Butler. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, they got divorced and then my mom got remarried and then I became Claire Cassidy for a while. Um, which all pretty good names, you know, I, I, I if I ever uh, wanted to go undercover, I've got a, a, a <laughs> slew of, of really good names for myself. But anyway, um, so then, then that, uh, marriage ceased. And, um, at that point, I realized I just really wanted to be Claire Bronson, and my mom was there for me. She was a single mom growing up, and um, that was the only name that I really identified with, so I just became, and then um, and then my father came back into my life for a while, and I had to explain that to him. He came back into my life, and I had to explain that to him, and he wasn't real happy with it, but um, he eventually got over it, and then... Um, and I was born in England, and so were you, really? <laughs> yes, we're in England, uh, in Dartford.
0: I've never been out of the country, but that's another story.
1: Yeah, Dartford is like twenty minutes southeast of London. Wow,
0: very blue collared You don't have an accent, though.
1: Um, I don't. I don't. And and ironically, I have that's to gotta, work at my my English accent. It's terrible. It's that's home. gotta
0: suck. You be from be from England, but not have the accent. Like, I, I would well, kill to have an accent.
1: You know, ironically, if we had waited eight more years, I probably would have. It would have stuck with me, but no. Um, Cup of tea and actually... some
0: crumpets. Exactly. That's not. That's terrible. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Points for effort. Um, maybe. Uh, so when I was naturalized, I actually legally took. Naturalized.
0: Mom... Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
1: Meaning, I became an American citizen. So when naturalized,
0: I... yeah. never heard of it
2: yes. like that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So when I was when I was um, when I became legal, then I took my mom's last name legally. And at that point, it just had been such a saga in my life that I decided that that was it. I was never going to. And if you want to get on a deeper level, um, as far as, you know, the feminist in me, I've never really understood why women are expected to change their names
0: anyways. Of course, the feminist comes out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: She goes everywhere with me.
0: Pull that mic a little closer to you. Okay. You do, there you go, yeah'
1: that better
0: yeah Sounds I'm better? too a feminist, I am
1: yes, yeah, yeah. no
0: yeah. i'm I'm very much into you know quality and all that, but I come from North Georgia backwoods mountains where all white republican uh man worked, wife you know was a housewife and
2: you yeah know,
1: different yeah. world different world yeah. different times yes and and you know we we are subjected to a lot of different things these days as far as You know, where we, I mean, we move around. I mean, back in the day, you were born, raised, worked, died, all in the same place. And and now, you know, the world is much more of a melting
0: pot. So, So obviously, with your platform, I'm sure you're very involved with feminist stuff.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say that. I I mean, I'm not technically... I think everything is, 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 um, part of everything else. I think everything is connected. And as far as politics and your business and, you know, especially these days, you know, I mean, as far as living in Georgia and, um, having the wonderful tax incentives that we have and why the business is here and Hollywood is very sensitive to politics and where they put their money. And so, you know, um, the state of, affairs here in Georgia is, uh, our business is very much affected by politics and things well, like d- that. So
0: did you, were you worried about when, um, what was it? Abortion basically became illegal. Yes. Were you worried that the film industry was going to leave Georgia or was it going to have a major effect on it?
1: I don't know if I'm worried. I don't want to put a lot of energy into, you know, what could be, but will I stand up and, and try to uh, put and put my i would rather put my energy into helping to make sure that that doesn't happen um i and and you know as a woman i mean it's it's interesting to me as a woman living in this state and then being part of this industry that is very much caught up in um in this debate and that's and that's for a lot of reasons i mean you know god uh, there are people that can speak a whole lot more eloquently on this than i can but When you get into the fact that Los Angeles, um, for all the work that comes here or anywhere else for that matter, it would have, it was originally in Los Angeles. And so, you know, are they happy that a lot of the jobs have gone elsewhere? I'm sure they're not. Just like we wouldn't be happy if the business left here. Um, So when you start looking at it as to why people are unhappy that we have the politics here that we have and, and the heartbeat bill and all of that jazz. Um, it, I think it's really bigger picture. I think it's, you know, um, when they say that they don't want to put money, I I would really rather that they stay and fight. I would really rather that they put their money where their mouth is and, and donate to, uh, the ACLU and to, um, you know, other organizations and fair fight and, um, other organizations that are going to help the boots on the ground that are here, you know, and instead of pulling out, then that just leaves a state that is very much in flux and changing and growing, you know, and evolving. Then that just leaves us in the wind. And it leaves a lot of people who are here who can't go anywhere else.
0: They're running away from the problem instead of addressing it. Exactly. Exactly. Which we're most people are known for there. Most people will, they see a problem and they're like, all right, someone else will handle it. I'm, I'm, I'm bowing out. Yeah. But I mean, so they're, like you said, they're kind of doing that, but that would just, all the progress that Georgia's made, especially Atlanta for filming would just out the window if they were just like, okay, bye. But like you said, stay here and fighting and donating money and, yeah. you know, yeah, pushing back.
1: Yeah. If you, if you really care about this, then, then um, help to keep the people who are, who are progressive minded, who are doing the work here on the ground, both in the industry, but also within the state and, and fighting to have the infrastructure that will support um, change in this state, you know, and, and employing them, making sure that they have a means to have a roof over their head and, and feed their kids, you know, and continue the, the good work that's, that's happening. I mean, when you look at the last election, you know, everything that Stacey accomplished, it's amazing, you know, and, and we're so close and we're, we're getting, we're getting better and better if, if we can actually recognize that, that we don't, uh, it's not a positive thing to, to, Pull out it's i mean you have to take it the cases state by state it, you know i mean other other states sometimes you do have to put your money where your mouth is but the when you look at our state in particular it's kind of a unique situation where we really are so close
0: pulling out only like 93% uh, effective <laughs>
1: I saw the smile. (laughs) You know, I I knew, I knew. I couldn't couldn't
0: help it. I couldn't help
1: it. (laughs) I I heard, I saw the smile and I heard pulling out and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Bring it, bring it Jackson. You
0: you don't get any special treatment because you're a woman on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, please. Good God. I I, I was already happy to hear you drop the F bomb. I'm like, all right, great. I, I know I'm in fucking good company.
0: And that's why we have the one and only Claire Bronson, episode 90 of the SCOTA podcast, a.k.a. Theodora from Monster Beach Party. Woo! Man.
1: Yes, dropping that that one, Theodora.
0: That was a a highlight. Did you watch it? I watched as much as I could on the internet I could find.
1: Oh, my God. Wow. If people have as much fun, if people have half the fun watching it that we did making it, it's a success.
0: Y'all had a lot of fun making that. We had a
1: blast. We had a blast. It's
0: so cheesy though.
1: Oh my God. We had a blast. (laughs) We went down to Florida. We shot up here, I think for a week. And then we went down to Florida and, um, we were all like in the same house. I think we had one or two houses right next to each other on the beach. Mm. And, um, so we just lived with each other, uh, shot the movie. As soon as we would get done shooting, we would drink until the sun came up, get a couple of hours of sleep and then get back to filming.
0: How long ago was that?
1: Um, that was, I think, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, I was surprised the second one wasn't made.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's been a lot of talk about that. Are you serious? Yes, there's been a lot of talk. My good friend Jay Edwards, who wrote and directed that, he's wanted it to be a trilogy. He's wanted Theodora to just end up, I mean, she is plagued by her terrible choice in men and by natural disasters.
0: Mm-mm. Well, obviously, you're married to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Oh, wah, wah. I love
0: me some Scott Poitras.
1: Yes, okay. well, great. Join the crowd. He's uh, a I always good man.
0: He's a great man. He he was a great interview. You're a great interview, by the way. I love Thank talking you. to you already. Thank this is, this you. is fantastic. Aww, I well, got the feel. You know, we're 15 in. I hope you don't have anywhere to be. This could this is gonna,
1: this could uh, be a we're, while. We're gonna
0: talk. We're gonna talk.
1: <laughs> we are locking this place down, people.
0: I think me and Alex Collins, we went for like. Uh, two hours or something like that. I don't know. It just depends on how the conversation goes.
1: Don't, don't throw down the gauntlet like that. (laughs) Like I've now got to beat Alex.
0: I always try to find like their, their role that they, they did maybe earlier in their career, like Clayton Landy's, I brought up zombie strippers and he just starts (laughs) cracking up.
1: All right. Did you bring that up with Scott? Because that sounds like one of his favorite movies. I mean, (laughs) you put zombie strippers together and it's like, Oh, all right. Well, there you go. he, I'm sure you guys got into, like, his love of B-movies and horror film and
0: all that kind of stuff. Not a ton. No?
1: No. That's how he tried to woo me. He did not bring this up.
0: No. Wow, what He ass. almost
1: lost me. Like, seriously, like, one of the first times, like, we were hanging out. Because he, I had just called off my wedding when we um, started, well, we weren't, we weren't dating, but I had just called off my wedding when he tried, when he first started to, because he, Asked me out for a year before we actually started to go out. Wow. So we were hanging out at um, his house, and he brought me up to his room. Pretty who? Do you who? Um, I think that this this is this is how this went though. Okay, it sounds so much better, right? Really good beginning. Brought me up to his room, bounce chicken wow wow, and he opens up a trunk full of B-rated horror films that I have never even heard of, much less seen in my <laughs> life, and begins to show me his whole movie collection. <laughs> and, Somehow, flash forward three years later, I still ended up marrying the man. So,
0: yeah, I, I wonder if he's seen uh, Deathgasm. Probably, it's just B-rated. Scott,
1: are yeah. you out there? Have you <clears throat> seen Deathgasm?
0: Man, Scott's in be B, We talked about B movies a little bit, but I don't think got into the horror side of it.
1: Oh yeah, he. I mean, he's just a cinephile. I mean, he's he's a walking encyclopedia of everything cinema. So, um, but, but I mean, I think his, his real niche is like eighties films. You walk into our house and there's like always like an eighties film or a horror movie or some B rated something or other, you know, Mm. but he's, I mean, he's just, he's incredibly smart and, and, but this is, that's his fun place and I, and his fun zone. And I think that's probably from where like his childhood, you know, um, that was his solace. That was when, when, whenever he needed a little bit of comfort or something like that, or like falling asleep at night, he would listen to movies and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just ingrained in him.
0: I uh, I'm not a big horror movie fan just because I I, I don't get scared by it. But um, the, what was the one? Um, the Strangers, the one where they uh, oh, was that's actually, the one
1: where they're outside the house yeah, with the masks on, yeah. right? Oh no, no, actually, no, one
0: no, that actually happened. It's a true story.
1: Is that a Blumhouse project? I think that is, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, I say that because I just auditioned for a Blumhouse project. Um, so, ah, so close. Um, but, uh, no, I that's a movie that I probably would, I'm not into horror, but I'm into anything that's really good. So mm-hmm. I'll, I, I'm i not into um, horror or, well, I, I do enjoy sci-fi, but, like, all these genre stuff, they have to be really good, unlike my husband's taste. <laughs> um, they have to be really well-written, directed, acted, that kind of stuff. And so I will sit down and watch, like, the what was the one? I always mix it up with the Sandra Bullock movie. There's 28 Days and 28 Days Later. Which one was the horror film, the zombie <laughs> film? I think it was 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. So, like, 28 days later, I went and saw it in a movie theater. I think I needed a massage afterwards because every muscle in my body was so freaking tense. Um, but still, I loved it because of the cinematography and just everything, the story and the, the direction, everything just really drew you into it, you know?
0: So, Do you still enjoy going to movie theaters? Because I don't. As much.
1: Um, no. You're, yeah, absolutely. I, I... I think that it's got to be the right movie theater and it's got to be the right movie, you know? Um, otherwise I would really rather just be at home with my yeah. puppies.
0: And it's so expensive <laughs> to go see a movie. These I know. Days.
1: I know. Well, you know, I mean, I think they're doing a good job of making it an experience when you of go. Course, yeah. Like uh, out in LA. Um, um, Oh God, this is terrible. What's the movie theater that, um, you can ArcLight? Thank you. Gosh, brain. Thank you. um, ArcLight uh, is hands down the best movie theater. And then when we moved back here years ago, they started doing it here, where you could reserve your tickets, you could have, you could take an adult beverage in the seating. You can say beer,
0: you can say beer. You only have to say adult beverage.
1: <laughs> I'm sensing you like beer, Jackson.
0: I'm sponsored by a brewery.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, okay, we love beer here at
0: Jackson's you know, podcast. Do you know Scofflaw the brewery here in town?
1: No. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm celiac. I can't drink beer. Gluten-free beer. If you have gluten-free beer for me. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll get Scalfa to brew you a gluten-free beer.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And we'll call it Monster Beach Party. Hello? Hello?
1: You're speaking my language Uh, now.
0: uh, I'm I'm like T-minus five minutes from going to get my beer.
1: Okay. All right. All right.
0: Now, you don't mind if I drink a beer, right? No.
1: Of course not. No, I drink. Please. I drink. Claire
0: Bronson drinks. I drink.
1: Yes. Just. It's not
0: beer. It's not beer. That sucks. I, I don't know. know what I would do if I couldn't drink beer. I know. I do need to. So the, this is, and we're gonna get back to talking about movie theaters right after this. this okay. Is, this is the podcast. We go off topic, then we come back. I love it. I'm a very good host. My like brain that. Works. I'm very good host at bringing it back.
2: Good. good so, good,
0: good. um, uh, when I first got the sponsorship from Skyfly, I think I was 28, and uh, that's when I started the podcast, or was it? Oh, no, it's 27, about to turn 28, and uh. And it was like the coolest thing for like, you know, that's the mecca for a man is to get like, you know, free beer. That's like the coolest thing. <laughs> so it started out, I would just go to the, so I was getting all the free beer I wanted.
1: Priorities. I'm sensing where they are for you, Jackson.
0: Every first date I had was at the brewery. <laughs> hey, you want to go to uh, get some beer? <laughs> and then they'd always go there. Are you not going to pay for that? I go, no, nah, it's free, baby. It's free.
1: Hang with me.
0: Hang with me. Hang I all will Jackson. take you places. <laughs> I put on a few pounds, like, you know, from the brewery, because, you know, I'd go after work, and I'd be like, oh, I was going to have a pint, and, uh, you know, and then before I know it, I've had three, and I'm getting a six-pack to go, and then after 30, your metabolism shit, and-
1: Oh, my you know, God. So
0: i having to get back in the gym a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there, there is that. That's for sure.
0: What is your poison?
1: Uh, wine. Oh. Love me some wine. It used to be gin and tonic. It used to be, like, massive gin and tonic, girl. Now it's wine, and I just really love like a glass of wine in the evening. I was drinking wine like every single night for a a few years, and it just—it just, you know, I mean, I'll tell you something. When we opened the studio six and a half years ago, my life just got exponentially busier, you know. And you just have so many balls in the air nonstop. And then, of course, those first couple of years, you are going like seven days a week. I mean we're we're still going seven days a week, but but we don't have to be at the studio every single day now, which is thank thank God. And not that I mean I love being at the studio, but um you have to take care of yourself. And it's you nice know? to
0: have that that get to that point where you can take a break. And yes. you can say, Okay, yeah, they've well, got it today.
1: Also because it's not our only jobs. We're all actors as well. And so, you know, when we're not at the studio, it doesn't mean we're not working, you mm. know. So but for a while, it was it was just a lovely thing to come home, have a glass of wine in the evening. And it really was. And then um, I don't know what exactly it was, but um, I think just things changed and it just started to feel not so good anymore. And then you wake up in the morning and you're just kind of like "Eh, my, you know, not quite a headache. But I mean, this is only like two glasses of wine, maybe, you know, maybe a little sluggish, but yeah, just not feeling optimal. Mm -hmm. And you're, and so I think that just really kind of, um, flipped a switch in me. And so for like the last year or so, I've cut back massively and that's why I have this massive (laughs) bottle of water that you've already made fun of me for having.
0: I mean, that's an entire Brita filter in there. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta fill a Brita filter up twice to get that. I mean that's cool as shit. I mean, I mean, I was really impressed, and
1: but, you
2: I
0: know, was like, "Damn, size matters to this woman."
1: But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just um, don't get me wrong. I still, I still enjoy, but I've, I've these days I'm kind of saving it for when I'm like out with friends mm. or you know. Or if I'm at home, I've got something to celebrate or something like that. And it just, it just feels good. It feels good having it just be, you know, a few times a week or something like that. <laughs> I think this was, okay. So this, here you go. This You'll like this. So I was out in LA. This was a couple of years ago. And LA is a desert, right? Well, we tend to forget that. And um, so I wasn't drinking as much water as I should be. I was drinking wine like every evening. And... um I went to my hairstylist out there and I sat down in her chair and I think I almost like swallowed my tongue. I gasped so hard (laughs) and I just looked at myself and I looked, um, I looked like 30 years older (laughs) easily. Um, I just was so dried out and, and I mean being hydrated is a good thing. It's a really good thing. And so um, if that's what it takes to uh, feel good and to uh, look good, I'm like, yeah, water, water. Because I'm actually 102 years old, but, you know, water, baby, water.
0: <laughs> Making me feel inadequate here. Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> He's got a water bottle, too, And I y'all. thought my
0: 32-ounce was, was, like, you know, say. slinging big here. You know, no, Claire Bronson nope. comes in.
1: Nope, You got a gallon, baby. Mm.
0: <laughs> I try to drink about three of these a day, three or four, nice. in a 32-ounce bottle. Yeah. No. Yeah. Tom Brady said he drinks like close to 30 glasses of water a day. Wow. I'm like, dude, you even, must you must be just pissing constantly.
1: Um, yeah, that is one of the side effects, most yeah. definitely. But, yeah, I, we, we haven't fully explained this water bottle. My girlfriend, Elise Duquette, turned me on to this water bottle. And um, it goes all the way. It has markings from 7 a.m. all the way down to 9 p.m. And, you know, and it starts out 7 a.m., good morning, and 9 nine a.m., you've got it. So it's motivational, and then it goes down to 9 p.m., well done, exclamation mark. So, yeah, basically all day long, I think I told you this already, but it points out how much of a failure I am. So <laughs> I'm just constantly working to not be a Constant. failure.
0: Do you drink one or one of those or more?
1: I'm lucky if, yeah, one. One is the goal.
0: Is that a gallon? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, <laughs> it's got to take forever man. You're not putting tap water in that. You're putting filtered water yes. in, right? right? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: But man, it's going to take forever to fill up. All right, movie theaters. Okay. So
2: movie
1: what theaters.
0: I hate about movie theaters is, like you said, it, you, it's an experience now. Yeah. And they want it to be like that. But I remember when I was growing up, it was like four or five bucks to see a movie. Yes. And so it was just something you did like on most Friday nights. And uh,
1: I remember paying, this is going to be terrible because it's going to age me, but I remember um, when I was a kid paying 50 cents to see a movie.
0: 50 cents 50 cents yeah yeah was was gas also 50 cents at the time
1: when i first you you joke i wish i had taken a picture of it when i first moved down to atlanta um and this was 96 when i first moved down to atlanta um we had a dip in gas prices and i actually paid 50 cents a gallon whoa yeah yeah
0: and now you and scott are based in atlanta now right
1: we are, but we have, the four of us have an apartment in Los Angeles, so we're back and forth between here
0: and L.A. You and Jason, and Catherine, and Scott. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. He's where, out there right now, actually.
0: Scott is? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So y'all all own the apartment there?
1: Yes, we do. Very lovely studio apartment.
0: Huh. Yeah. Where, where's it located?
1: In Atwater Village. Oh, nice. You know where that is?
0: No, I've never been to L.A.
1: So it is Silver Lake area, Silver Lake, Glendale, um, east of, east of Hollywood.
0: What's the best movie you've seen in movie theaters lately? Like In the past couple of years.
1: Oh, good God almighty. What's the best movie? I'm way more a television girl. I'm trying to think of...
0: Mine is Split with James McAvoy.
1: Yep. Phenomenal. That one.
0: I've, I've been told five times in my life I look like James McAvoy. I don't get it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I can't think of what James McAvoy looks like oh. right now. well. You have to bring up. I have to think of. I'm I'm terrible with names. But it's a, really it's bad. a great movie. It's a great. Well, yeah. Um, he's the one. He's the main guy, right? Mm-hmm. Who who plays all the different? Yeah. Um. That was. I I I should probably watch that because just from an acting exercise alone, watching him pull that off would
0: be amazing. Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. But what I don't like about going to movie theaters especially if you're going to see a comedy, people are just laughing behind you. They won't stop. They're incessantly laughing. They're talking about Again, their day.
1: That's why Arclight is so great. If if you are talking through a movie at Arclight, they'll come in and ask you to leave. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why I love it. You get to reserve your seats. You can bring in beers. beers, Bears. Bears. <laughs> um so They'll come in and check, and if people are being disruptive, they'll ask them to leave. It's like brilliant. It's like sitting in the darkest room with the best sound and yeah. So
0: What's uh what I what's it cost to see a movie there though? Oh god. It's
1: probably like $20 a ticket. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Something like that. But crazy.
1: I know. I know.
0: Five, $5 used to be. I know. And then you buy and then have you been to like SunTrust Park or Mercedes-Benz Stadium and it's like $13 for a beer?
1: Mercedes-Benz <clears throat> I've been to and I that was just such an experience. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. But yes, it's expensive.
0: Have you ever been to SunTrust? No. You've never seen a Braves game at SunTrust Park? Oh, man.
1: No. I haven't. Clearly, I'm behind. (laughs) I mean,
0: people we know have season tickets. How have you and Scott not joined them for a Braves game?
1: I don't know. Apparently, we need to do that sometimes.
0: Yeah. I know know Clayton has season tickets.
1: And I'm way more a fan um, in person. Like I love... I think it's the you can watch something on tv and you know true fans can really get into it um but you take me to anything pretty much live and i'm i'm there i'm invested i think it's the energy that's there in the stadium and that shared communal experience yeah i feed off of that
0: for sure i'm a hawks fan though i mean hawks games all the time i feel at a state farm okay but I did. I get. I got to pull off um, a bucket list item last year because me and my dad, growing up, we used to go to Hawks games all the time. Yeah, uh, and we used to sit on the first bench behind the Hawks players, so we used to like get their autographs and all that. But I go one day, and I saw a concert there when I was a kid. I go one day, I'm going to be. I'm going. I'm going to introduce a band on that stage, or I'm just going to stand on that stage. And uh, and last year, I emceed. I intro'd Bon Jovi at State Farm, and so I the Aww. stage was in the center. It was in the round. And I stood up on there after they told me, all right, Jackson, get up there and do your thing. They just handed me a wireless mic and it's just me in the round in a sold out Phillips Arena. Wow. And I had to fill two minutes on stage.
1: How was that?
0: I mean, it was great. I mean my heart was pounding. Like I literally got on stage and I looked at the seats me and my dad used to sit in, and I just had this moment where I almost started crying.
1: Did you share that with them? Of course. Oh.
0: I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" I'm standing on the stage that I said I would one day stand on, and
1: that's amazing. And
0: uh, so it was cool.
1: That's cool. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting to do that kind of stuff,
0: what and did, you
1: feel—I mean, right—you stood up there and you felt the energy of that yeah. crowd, and you—it
0: I mean, was so loud. It was deafening. Up. Wow. What did you and your parents uh, do growing up?
1: What did my parents and I do? Mm-hmm. That's how I got into acting. Actually, my mom was—she um, she did community theater, mm-hmm. and so. My brother and I would go along when she went to rehearsals and we would play with the other kids and stuff like that. And then um, one day she dragged us up on stage. There wasn't a lot of dragging involved. We were happy to get up there, but um, they did Music Man and, um, and they needed a clarinet player. So I was a clarinet player in the band. So do, yeah, do well, you still play clarinet? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. Claire does not play clarinet. <laughs> um, no, I, and in fact, uh, music. I'm I'm pretty much a musical instrument failure. Um, we moved around a lot as as when I was a kid, and um, so I started. I think I started violin first, and then I don't know why. I can't remember why. I think because we had changed schools. Um, so I. Then I jumped to the piano, and I really wanted to do the piano, but I think my piano teacher moved, or, or we moved, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so musically inclined.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a rock podcast. I mean, it started off as a local scene yes. podcast for rock musicians around the scene. I don't know how to play an instrument. I can't sing. <laughs> I just talk about the people that can. So I totally sympathize with the no musical
1: talent. Oh, yeah. My mom told me when I was singing as a child, keep your day job, kid. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if that says any more about my singing abilities or my mothering's, my mother's mothering style.
0: <laughs> so it was, your, it was your parents that got you into acting?
1: Yes, my mom, yeah.
0: And then once... Uh, once they stopped getting you into acting, where did you really find a love for it?
1: Um, that's a good question. So I went on and I was doing it in school and I did it in high school. Um, and then I went on to do it in theater and, um, or, I mean, I'm sorry, in college. And then back backing up where I first found, I think, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. So So my mom really, my mom was a single mom and then she was also, an entrepreneur she also like had her own businesses growing up she didn't work for anybody she she had her own business um and so if anything I think that instilled a desire for me to go after what it whatever it was I wanted um and then in high school I would have to say it's so crazy that we're talking about this too um my high school theater teacher Midge Marshall I think that she was the first person to actually make it clear to me that this is something I could do. And I would, I'll never forget her, you know, she was, she was not easily pleased. She was not, or at least to me, I remember it, it, you know, I always wanted to be in her good graces and, and it didn't come easily. Let's put it that way. Um, And there was something called the New York state summer school of the arts. And, like the juniors, the, the sophomores, the juniors, the seniors, they had all, they, they all auditioned for it every spring, hoping to get into it for the summer. And it was a summer program, and they only took like, I can't even remember, I think there might have been like 12 of us or something like that in the program for the summer. And hundreds, if not, you know, a couple thousand would would apply for this. And so I had, like, my friend who had already auditioned twice to do it. So she encouraged me um, along with, um, I mean, Midge, my my teacher, um, Mrs. Marshall, um, encouraged me to audition, uh, and she gave me a little bit of coaching. Um, She gave me a monologue from this play called Blue Window, which I will never forget. Uh, It was you know, as you do in high school, you're playing somebody much older than you. Um, But she helped me to understand what it would be like if I had those experiences, if I had a love of my life that we had this horrible thing happen to us and they died, you know? Um, And then we went to New York for the audition and that was such an experience. I think that was... I think that was maybe my second time in New York, but there to be in New York City for an actual audition for something. And then I got into the program. And the program um, was just life-altering and and just introduced me to so many different things that I had never really had access to in my life. Uh, so I would have to say, I think working with her, that was the first time I understood that I could actually do this because I grew up in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have stuff filming. I mean, even like here in Atlanta, I mean, we're not Hollywood, but there's stuff, there's filming signs all the time and stuff shooting at your Kroger or at your kids' elementary school, you know, down the street at your friend's house. And so having that around, you don't, it just affects people's mindset. People who like, I've always wanted to act, but I've just never thought it's, it's something that's feasible for me. So we didn't have anyone that was that was in the business and, and we didn't know anybody that was in the business. And so having somebody who believed in you, especially at a young age, um, was life altering, was fantastic.
0: She's still alive?
1: She is, yeah. And I actually recently have, you know, thought about um wanting to reach out and say hey and I think we're friends on Facebook or something like that.
0: It's, I mean, it's cool looking back like <clears throat> on people that helped you down the road or guided you and you really don't have an appreciation for it at the time because you don't realize the magnitude of the situation. And then you look back on it like uh, me and my, my first boss I remember in radio that really took me under his wing. You look back and you're like, wow, you know I mean? Just, you hope to do that for somebody one day. And that's why, yeah. that's why y'all have drama ink yeah. To, yeah. to give back like that. Yeah. And so y'all started yeah. drama ink how long ago?
1: June of 2013.
0: So, and what was that process like getting that off the ground? Oh my
1: lord! Well, I'm sure they talked to you about the Porch Winos Club, right? mm Nobody brought up the Porch Winos Club.
0: Maybe they did, but we were okay. drinking. We were drinking. You were. Beer. You were way I far. Drink, I drink beer with these people, uh-huh. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> we're on like the second or third by now.
1: I'm the only podcast that Jackson will remember, folks. just Saying
0: <laughs> I'm totally sober right now. <laughs> I may go this whole podcast without drinking.
1: He's going to he's going to have to pee though cuz he's drinking water like a madman.
0: Because I don't have any beer. Um <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so the four of us um they had moved to Atlanta a couple of years prior. We moved back to Atlanta in 2009. We quickly got introduced to one another because I was first I was on set with Jason shooting a commercial. Um and so we chit-chatted a little bit there. Then We were all at the same agency and our agent at the time had referred Scott and I because we both edit demo reels. Um, Scott more so than I do these days, but um, we both started a business editing demo reels and we both love it. Um, So what does that
0: mean? What do you mean editing demo reels?
1: So a demo reel is a video representation of an actor's resume. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is take clips of the projects that they've been cast in and we edit them together into like a, a two ish minute long mini movie. This is my life kind of thing Like on your you know? IMDb,
0: like stuff like that. Yeah, Let's People will
1: put them up on IMDb, but really what they're used for is when your agent submits you for a job, uh, you're also sending along the reel as well going, Hey, they've already done a role like this. Here it is in their reel or Hey, this is a larger role, but you can see it's not their first rodeo. They're a professional. They can do this, that
0: kind of thing. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry.
2: Now go, okay. on. now go on with your story. So
1: we did their demo reels. Uh, then both Catherine and I got a callback for a commercial. And this is where you ask me what commercial. And this is where I say, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> see how I just cut that off in the past yeah, right we, there. We skipped
0: over everything. <laughs> <laughs> All the but, awkwardness
2: gone.
1: Exactly. So it was out of state and um, we decided that we both wanted someone to drive with, but that's always kind of rolling the dice as to who you end up with. Uh, so when we found out both of us were called back, we said, hey, sure, let's do this. Um, gritting our teeth and and, and crossing our fingers. Uh, so we drove all the way there and it was probably like a six hour trip or something like that. And we, we had a hotel room too. We stayed over and the callback was the next day. And those things could be horribly awkward. You know, you find out all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you've got like polar opposite beliefs as far as something, I don't know, religion, uh, uh, politics, what have you, you know, and all of a sudden, like the conversation just stops and the two of you can't stand each other. That did not happen. We did not stop talking the whole way. And, um we used to joke around about how we had seen each other in our PJs and and shared a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that was Catherine and I. Mm -hmm. So we had all these inside jokes from the night that we slept together. Um, sorry, Catherine. I went there. (laughs) I know. Um, so then at the time Jason was still part owner in a restaurant, uh, called stone soup in Mm -hmm. Atlanta. And that time was coming to an end, quickly coming to an end for him. Um, And the two of us had been doing taping actors for a while out of our home for auditions and doing demo reels for a while. And we had gotten to the point where we were playing around with the idea of offering workshops and things like that in order to help actors with their marketing materials and how to self tape and all that jazz. So since we had become friends, we had started this thing called the porch winos club because they lived an hour or a a mile and a half from us. And we each had screened in porches. So we'd get together and hang out on each other's porch and drink wine and bitch about whatever and, um, have a good time. And we called it the porch winos club. (laughs) So anyway, one day Kat and I were talking and it was right after Jason had sold the restaurant. Or sold his half of the restaurant to his partner's former partner, and I said, "Wow!" I said, "What a life change! How how is he doing? You know?" And she said, "Well, she said he's good. He's good. He's still, you know, um, recovering from all of that, but he's he's good." Um, we're thinking about starting a studio, and I'm like, "What?" It kind of came out of the blue. I'd never heard them say this before. Um, I said, "That's crazy!" I said, "You know, because Scott and I have been." talking about doing workshops these days wow that's that's really cool so from that conversation we said huh maybe we should talk further and and we did and um it was i I don't know i think it's it's just kismet the way that it worked out you know that we had friends that were willing to be angel investors that um that we took the leap because we shouldn't have who just starts a business there's no demand for it because we don't have an audience yet. And we decided to go ahead and rent a space. We were very nervous about it, but Jason found this space with a realtor and, and we went to see it and we were all going, Oh my God, do we really want overhead before we've even built up an audience of, of, of students and, you know, found out whether or not this thing even works or not. But we did, we jumped, we took the leap and, um, and it's, been amazeballs absolutely amazing i just i have i i did not know that there was something out there that i would love as much as i love acting Mm -hmm. and i love teaching there's something about it it's not just the instruction it's not just um the community it's 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 not just imparting your wisdom it it is it is all of it. It is the alchemy of good people coming together to support one another, to be a a place of not, not just a safe place. I mean, it has to be that, but also, or at least for us, it does, but also a place that you feel you can be challenged and you can, and you get honesty and, and you get constructive criticism, but you also get love and support and, and all of us are made stronger for it. And and when and when I'm there with my class, and when I see, and I'm part of, and I'm in the room, and I and one of them has a breakthrough, I'm just like fuck yeah, you know. I mean that's that's as good to me as being on set and being in my zone, being in my element, and go and and going. Okay, this is it. This is this is me firing on all cylinders. This is the character fully fleshed out. I have done my job and everybody's working together and it's a team effort. And this this is us putting our best foot forward as far as this story goes. That's exactly how I feel when I'm in the classroom. And one of my students has a breakthrough. It's just, it's, it's there on like everything in you is humming at that certain vibration. And, and you're like, yep, this is it. This is the meaning of life for me. And we've got students who have been with us you know some of them since we opened our doors but many of them have been with us for many years i mean for you know four or five years now and to see them get to a point where they're now realizing oh no this is a career for me this is who i am it's not i'm pursuing acting like they're running around chasing their tails or something no i am an actor I am. This is what, you know, and then that's where, and they discovered that at Drum Inc.
0: Claire, I'm doing it. You're doing it? I'm
1: doing it. You're an actor? No. Oh. I you're always going to get a beer.
0: I'm going to get a beer. Ah! <laughs> I've been sitting there yo. Know, I really hope she shuts up soon so I can tell her I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish you would have told me, Claire Bronson, I would have brought you some, some goddamn rosé.
1: Damn it. Rosé all day.
0: Rosé all day. Then
1: I'm, you would have gotten a whole new Claire. You would have gotten my alter ego.
0: Oh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, my girlfriend, her uh, alter ego is Wasted fascia.
1: Wow, that's good.
0: Yeah, Wasted fascia. Thank right, I don't know where the fascia comes from. Her name's Asia. Show you a picture real quick. Now that I know what your husband looks like, you got to see what my girlfriend looks okay. like. Okay, all
1: right.
0: Scott is hilarious. By the way, he yep. is a he is a funny man.
1: I do know this.
0: We had an yeah. awesome conversation. Be me, me, be me, be, be 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 be.
1: Oh, she's adorable. Oh. Gosh, yeah. Well, we are, wow. Uh,
0: so, you know what I realized I'm, I cared for? Her. We were at Three Days Grace, Breaking Benjamin, and Chevelle, and we were in the pit. Obviously, the station put it on, so we get good tickets. And and right in the middle of Chevelle's song, she throws up the devil horns, and I'm just like. <laughs> I,
1: Is that when you knew? It,
0: it was my notebook moment.
1: Oh. Or I don't
0: know, I've never seen the notebook. I assume that happened in the notebook. He, that remember.
1: totally happened, okay. the horns and all,
0: yeah. Not the horns, but the. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I love me so, much. so. When I MC concerts, I always get on stage, and depending on where I am, I'll talk like at the Masquerade last night. I did this, you know, you just get a bunch of rock or metal people together, and I'll get on stage, and the first thing I say is, "Everybody throw your devil horns in the air and make some fucking noise!" <laughs> and everyone's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh my god!" So the concert I went to, and then we're gonna get back to talking. Like I said this goes everywhere. Yes. Um. So I went to. I'm a death metal fan.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay. So
0: last year I went to uh, Septic Flesh, Thy Antichrist, and Death Funeral.
1: Okay, those mean nothing to me, but all right. <laughs>
0: and uh, and I'm, I'm I believe whatever, but uh, I'm just a fan of that music. And so I get there, and the guy's wearing like full on war paint, and he comes on stage, and I'm in the front row, and he's like, "Let us praise the Lord of Hellfire together," <laughs> and I'm like. Yes, let's do it all
2: night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's praise him. <laughs> I can feel his spirit right now. <laughs> so there's my alter ego. <laughs>
1: all right, cool.
0: I actually know several of uh, Drama Inc. students. Uh, one of them works for Scofflaws. Name's Adam Geegan.
1: I have not had him in class
0: yet. Hmm. What do you teach at the old Drama Inc.? Drama.
1: So I teach, um, I teach a lot of the script analysis scenes. I mean, I teach all of the script analysis scene study classes. So, um, and then, and then the advanced classes, I teach advanced scene study. I teach advanced on camera. Um, my expertise is like getting into the nitty gritty of why, what makes this person tick? Why are you and your version of this person unique and, and how do we what's the alchemy of all of this how do we bring together like what's in the script and who's behind the project and the notes that they've given you and um and 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 then who you are and who individually as a person and uniquely as a person you i'm know?
0: thinking of taking me a class at the old jama inc
1: come on down
0: i could have i think i could have been a great actor i always wanted to be <clears throat> growing up that was the plan i've been in 30 stage plays Really, I have yes, yes, yes. Don't. It's okay. It's okay, darling.
1: Shock of shocks. I love yeah, it.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the claim to fame is Scrooge in a Christmas Carol. <laughs> bah, humbug.
1: I see it now. <clears throat> I see it. And I don't know I how played, I missed it.
0: And then I played Prince Charming in a, a ballet.
1: Wow, you were yeah. a dancer.
0: No, but I oh. pretended to be for, for a play. For
1: one production. I
0: fooled the I fooled the people and they're like, do you have any dance experience? And I did a few taps and I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making rain in this bitch. You
1: know? <laughs> oh my God, Jason and Catherine would have a blast with you in On Camera
0: One. Oh yeah, I mean, both of them, they were fantastic. Of course, Jason was in my favorite, one of my, probably my second favorite show of all time.
1: Vampire. <clears throat> yes.
0: My ex-fiance got me into that show and oh.
1: Your second favorite show of all time. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You brought up favorites. Uh, you brought up my favorite movie, and of course, um, out of the blue, I'm blindsided by that. But um, if you ask me about television, I, I, I love TV. I love me seeing long form storytelling. Oh yeah. I'm watching Fleabag right now. I'm watching. I watched Fleabag right now. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that's, that show is just incredible. Um, what else? Uh, uh, oh, also, um, Killing Eve, Phoebe's, uh, other show, Killing Eve. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. Jodie Comer on that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, that's a really good show because, because, um, Phoebe Waller Bridges, right? I'm getting that name right. Phoebe Waller Um, was hired... So Phoebe Waller-Bridges did did, uh, Fleabag. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. You haven't? Okay. It's a British show. Really good show. Funny, dark, craziness. Um, You can rip through it quickly. Um, So she also created this show called uh, Killing Eve with Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. And it's brilliant. Um, She's an assassin. Jodie Comer plays an assassin. And Sandra Oh is... Recruited into this team to track her down, basically. Um, just a great. So, so now Phoebe and you should see that. Are you a 007 fan? Are you oh, a yeah. Bond fan? So Phoebe was hired to do the latest rewrite on the on the next Bond movie. Oh wow! So yeah, I mean she's she's gonna be everywhere. Um, and then what else? Schitt's Creek. If you watch Schitt's Creek, you oh, would yeah. like Schitt's
0: Creek. Would I really?
1: Oh yeah. See, I can tell you would like Schitt's Creek.
0: Keep saying it, it sounds so funny. Shit's Creek,
1: it is. I, well, it is. Well, see, right there, it's a comedy.
0: I, I might, I'm, I guess I'm a little simpler when it comes to my shows, like Two and a Half Men with Charlie Sheen. I mean, I just could watch every one of those episodes a million times over.
1: So, next time I'm on this podcast, you have to watch Shit's Creek and at least give it a shot and see if you like it or not.
0: I will, and then I like think how you would
1: really like it.
0: How I Met Your Mother, I loved that show, yeah. Um, Royal Pains, uh, yeah. Uh, um, what was the
1: for a time I was watching Royal Pains whenever I was like on a show, like on location or something like that. Cause I get into the hotel room and you would turn on a, a television and Royal Pains was always on that or like law and order. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was going to Georgia state, I was obsessed with Mr. Selfridge, Jeremy Piven. Yep. That yep. was a great show.
1: I never got, see, you would, you would like these shows. And I'm telling you, mm. I'm, um, I'm blanking why am I blanking and she's can so I tell you another good. show I love what Ozark? <laughs> I like how you did that a ah, little plug. I like how you did that.
0: I do love that show.
1: um I have to tell you like getting to work on getting to work on shows like um uh uh Ozark and Mr. Mercedes um stuff of that caliber. Um, it is, it's a whole different experience when you get to work on something that you are already a fan of and then the people that you're working with and the environment that they create, um, Jason Bateman on his projects, um, you know, if you're, if you act a fool, if you're a diva, you get fired, you know, I mean, he, there's just no room for that in his world. And I, and I adore him for that. Um, and then you combine you know, his talents, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Um, I, 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 those kind of things, that's where my, that's where my heart is as far as my own acting. Um, that kind of gritty, uh, not perfect. And we're not looking to portray a perfect world, uh, kind of storytelling, you know, everything's flawed. Everything is, we're all multidimensional, you know? And, um, and it's reflected in everything from the writing, the direction, the acting, the cinematography, the design, everything,
0: you know? Didn't Ozark get renewed?
1: Yeah, they're working right now on season three. Mm.
0: And then Bloodline, too.
1: Yeah, Bloodline. Oh, man. That was my first. That was my first project where I was just like, hell yeah. Like, this is it. This is, this is the world that I want to be in. I want, you know.
0: To- I got obsessed when, especially when the brother died and it when he was oh when when he killed him when he killed his brother i mean just
1: so i worked with um Kyle Chandler Norbert Leo Butts and Ben Mendelsohn um all three of the brothers on that show and uh, such a such a great experience Kyle was the first person i met on that show and He
0: seems so nice.
1: He is exactly what you think he is. Exactly. He's laid back, he's self-deprecating, he's awesome to work with. He's giving as an actor um, we got, I got into transpo, the the van to take us to set. Um, and he, he was in the front seat and he reached around, shook my hand, introduced himself. He's like, just so you know, the show there, it's not Shakespeare. They're not word perfect on this show, which I always <laughs> love. I always love whenever I get on a show and they're like, I'm sorry, Claire, it's not the, it's a, uh, and I'm like, Ah! <laughs> on the on the inside on the outside i'm like okay thanks thanks for telling me that i'm so happy to hear that you know and it's always like it's always like not the best writing when they're so concerned about you getting it word perfect it's always like oh. you know somehow less than um perfect i'll just say that without getting too negative um but th- the best shows they're, they're more interested in like what's going on between you and that other person and just like creating something that's real. So, um, and they know that eventually as, as a professional, you eventually get it anyways.
0: Cause Kyle Chandler goes to this like breakdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, um, character driven. Um, and, <clears throat> and, and when you've got incredible story and incredible actors to portray those characters, I mean, that's where I first fell in love with Ben and his work. I mean, he, he'd been around forever, but, um, you know, when you get to see him, his work was just insanely good on that show. And then, and then I just got to work with him again. Um, Jason Bateman um, directed, and he brought me in to do the pilot for this, another Stephen King show called The Outsider for HBO. And uh, Ben is the lead in that. And so I was working opposite him again in that. And it was just amazing. It was just wonderful.
0: What did, you, what did you do in Creed?
1: So, have you seen it?
0: No, I haven't yet. Okay. I mean, I've been meaning to.
1: Well, I opened the movie mm. in Creed. So, um, I play a social worker who's working with, so it's him, it's the main character, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, um, Young. And he's in the, the, not even the foster care, he's in the system. Um, and so... Felicia Rashad comes, her character comes to, to meet him and, and, and she ends up consequently taking him home and adopting him. And, um, so I, I greet Felicia Rashad and, uh, take her to see the young Michael B. Jordan character. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, m- and, and playing and working with her that day, that was really kind of surreal, yeah. you know, cause I, I grew up watching her and, you know, she was. Was Claire Huxtable, you know, so she was in my home every single night, you know, and yeah. then all of a sudden here I am working with her on a on a movie. So she cool. was lovely.
0: And then a, a movie that uh, I was just looking through your IMDb uh, recently, and one that caught my eye: A C O D.
1: A C O D. <laughs> um, uh, so that one didn't make much of a splash, and um, it was an independent <clears throat> film with a with a really good cast. Um, I, I was that was early on. And, and that, that will bring us back to my incredible singing skills because I got a, the audition notice for that and it was big picture casting. And I had to call up my agent and say, um, are we sure about this? <laughs> because it says in there, I need to sing and they want me to prepare this song. And I'm like, I can't sing. Like, I really, really can't sing. Like everybody else will say, I can't sing. And then they get up there and they can actually sing. And it's like, really sucks for me because I really can't. So um, they're like, no, they're like, <clears throat> they're like, they want people who can sing badly. So just trust. I'm like, okay, well, they're really going to get the badly part. So I went in and I did the audition and I got it. And then I watched the final product. And <laughs> I don't think I speak once. No, I said, I did sing. I think I did sing, but my lines got cut. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, welcome to the world of being a professional actor,
0: a working actor. Yes. The old working. Yes. Actor. I, what's yes. that? Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, the actor on Mr. Mercedes, the old guy. Being- Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love him. Yeah. He's such a good actor.
1: Yeah. He's such a good person.
0: Really? He seems like he'd be very intimidating.
1: I think that's, I think that's in your head. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not like, yeah. I mean, he, he, I think it's intimidating because he's been around for so long and because he's incredibly good and, And, you know, when you watch him, there's, there's, people talk about good acting, like the art of doing nothing, right? Like just being so simple and and real, like you're just having a plain conversation with the person. And when you talk to him in real life, that's exactly how he is in his acting. You know, he's just, there's no bullshit with him. And, um, and so I think, you know, yeah, some people that can get intimidating, you know, because when you're talking to somebody who's just very real and, and knows who they are. I, I adore him. He's got a heart of gold and he's just a lovely human being.
0: Now, how long have you been an actress? Like how long have you been in part of SAG and all that?
1: Uh, well, that's a different story. So, um, I mean, when I moved down here, I started doing independent film and, um, then I got an agent and I started doing commercials and industrials cause that's all there was here that at that time independent film commercials and industrials um every now and then we'd get a big movie that would roll through uh they were and then they were shooting stuff like dawson's creek and you know do you remember dawson's oh, creek you yeah. must you were dawson's creek oh fan, yeah weren't, yeah, you? I loved dawson's weren't creek. you i knew it i knew Everybody it
0: like dawson's creek
1: um and so we would drive to uh we would drive up to wilmington to say a line leave the car running. Alex
0: Collins was telling me the same story yeah. about, about driving up there, driving back. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. in the same
1: day. Yeah. 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 Wow. So do not complain about self tape actors. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we used to do that stuff all the time for a pre-read, no less for a line. We drive to new Orleans to get out of your car, go up there, wait for an hour and a half, two hours, come into the room say your line and say, okay, thanks for coming in. Turn around, leave, get back in your car and drive all the way back to
2: Atlanta. No, 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 no. They don't know
0: how how good they have it these days. I know.
1: Spoiled. Okay. brats. So um, what was was the question again? Where were we?
0: Oh, I was just wanting to get into like how long you've been an actress because of like, you know, people assume they're going to be stars overnight and that they're going to make the millions of dollars per film like, you know, in a year or two. Out of something, they get the the term "working actor."
1: Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, if you if you're getting into this business because you think that fame or or money is in your future, you know, there and it, I I don't want to say get out, but I would definitely say that those are the wrong reasons for getting into this business. There's so it's there's so much work involved. Um, and, and in order to do it well and to do it right, there's just, it's, it's not the quick answer to anything. You could probably do YouTube videos and find fame and fortune faster. I think, you know, um, lots of people have, uh, I started, I started television when we moved back from, from Los Angeles in 2009. So, uh it depends on what you consider I mean I started acting when I was seven years old um doing theater and and I and I did that all throughout my life and then I got an agent and started like doing professional work getting paid for my acting I don't know like 20 years ago um but then I started doing television 10 years ago. And that's when I went full-time with my acting. That's when I quit my day jobs and and that kind of thing. Um,
0: So you much prefer television over movies.
1: I love television. Both acting and consuming it. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy the ability to consume something over, uh, you know, a number of episodes, a number of hours, watch the story play out. I, I think that, I don't know if it's streaming. I mean, you look at it, we've got 500, over 500 scripted television shows were shot last year. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, especially like those of us that grew up in the day and age of having, you know, network television was ABC, NBC, CBS, and then Fox came around, you know, and then, you know, or you'd go to bed at night. (laughs) So aging myself, but you go to bed at night and, um, you know, at what? 11 o'clock midnight, you know, programming turns off or something like that, you know, and then, and then you got cable, and then you got you know twenty four hour news cycles, and then you got streaming, and then you know all of this stuff. So we've now got like nonstop in our face information, and and there there's opportunities out there, galore, and and that's that's great, um, for in some ways not so great in other ways. But I'll tell you what it has done is it's provided it and it continues to provide more voices and more varied. Uh, characters for us to play more varied stories for us to consume and so that's that part of it is way more interesting to me.
0: <clears throat> Oversaturation of the market because um like you said when you were first getting started you you couldn't put any video on the internet of you just doing like skits or whatever you had to drive to wilmington to yep. do the line yep and now anybody can put up a stand-up comedy bit or film a movie on their iphone yep. and put it up on youtube I mean, yep. it's got to take a little bit of the the romance of the art out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you can, you can, and yes, facts are, yeah, that, that's true. And you know, you've got uh, film festivals popping up all over the place and um, submissions flooding in because like you said, everybody can do it. But at the same time, you can also look at it as glass half full and anybody can do it. You know, if this is, if this is something you've always wanted to do, if if you've always wanted to try Storytelling in whatever format you so desire, there's no reason not to do it anymore. And I think that's an amazing thing when people are encouraged to not be the walking dead, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to not be, to not be like, you know, asleep at the wheel throughout your life and just doing what, what is you you think the world or society has uh uh uh, intends for you you know instead like take a chance and go out there it's not as difficult anymore to do that kind of thing and that's that's exciting
0: there's more resources for up-and-coming actors like drama ink or you know Mm -hmm. on youtube you can find videos wherever Mm -hmm. there's much more resources now yep now have you or scott ever done a romantic
1: scene you mean without not with each other, you're right, saying. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, we've done a couple of romantic scenes, but <laughs> nobody sees them other than us. Um <laughs> no. Um yeah. Yes. Yes. I um I'm trying to think if I mean, I'm sure that we've had that conversation. I think Scott yes, because in the signal Scott had to kiss somebody. Um I don't know that he's had a sex scene. Um um yes i have i have um on a show called banshee
0: and why y'all were married yep uh, what 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 was the what was the situation like
1: between us or you're saying like, what, was, what was it was a sex scene or
0: was it a kissing scene
1: um it was it was a it was an attempted sex scene let's put it that way i did not get to um uh i got shot down let's put it that way i was i was um married to somebody who was It never got portrayed this way in the show because I think they changed it in the final edit, but he was, he was closeted. He was closeted. And so, um, I'm trying my hardest to get him interested in that again. And I mean, I'm, 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 she, she had her, you know, in my whole backstory and everything, she, she had her fears or her doubts or what have you, Mm -hmm. but she was still married to him and she was still trying and, and, um, so yeah, she gave it her all. So I get out of the shower and I try to seduce him in the, in the bathroom.
0: So what, what was the conversation like that between you and Scott? How do I, cause I mean, that's gotta, I mean, there are, are even big actors and actresses that do these sex scenes all the time. Like, you know, and they're married. So how, what is that conversation like having, you know, being said, Hey, I'm going to be naked in front of another man. And-
1: I think it's easier for us. I mean, you know, being married to an actor has it's pros and it's cons, you know, but this is definitely one of the pros when you're married to an actor, you both understand what that world is rather than trying to explain it to somebody who's not involved in this, not doesn't understand what this world is. um, That would be a a cumbersome task to say the least. But um, he understands that for each of us, it is our career and we don't take it lightly. I'm not, out there going, Hey, give me all the TNA roles, Hollywood. I'm, I'm you know, no, I'm quite the contrary. I'm, I take it case by case. And if the story warrants it, if it makes sense, if it makes sense to me, if I trust the people that are behind the project, um, if they're able to, if they respect you and have a conversation about it, which they did, you know, um, then that uh, of course puts you at ease. But, um, I think you just have to follow your gut, and and Scott was there and he understood and he's and he's and he supports me through it just like I support support him through whatever he's going through. But yeah, we do have to have a conversation about things when they come
0: up. Record. You saw him sure. kissing a girl. I'm gonna kick that bitch's ass. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm a smack
0: a hoe. I'm a smack a hoe. Yeah,
1: yeah, that that's me all the way.
0: <laughs> uh, Aisha made the joke last night because I was we were emceeing at the masquerade for this concert we were putting on. We would do the stage intros for like. And there was this group of girls that listened listen to my show a lot. And they were in the front row and they're like, we love you, Jackson. They kept saying it every time. And uh, after I get off stage, Aisha jokingly would just be like. Hey.
1: <laughs> She's like, I am not having that. How'd you guys meet?
0: Uh, mutual friends.
1: Okay. Was and it then- a set up?
0: no 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 She we had mutual friends on Facebook okay. and then she loved a couple of my pictures oh. and I messaged her and I was like hey thanks for the love and she goes it came from the heart and then uh, she was like I was attracted to you the second I saw you or saw your picture
1: aww,
0: aww. that's
1: Sa- awesome
0: sappy she's <laughs> giving away one of her dogs tomorrow that she's been fostering for six months uh, she
1: fosters pups yeah oh I love
0: her God, I knew I, you would
1: I love her I love her. So she's
0: got two. Uh, one of them that she's had since, uh, you know, a baby. But Fender, uh, she's been fostering him for six months. She found him a family, so she's got to give him up tomorrow.
1: Is it hard for her?
0: Yeah, and the dog loves me. I mean, like it's my boy. Yeah. It's my bro. But he sheds and he has the worst breath ever. So <laughs> Hopefully the next family will, you know, trim his hair and brush his teeth.
1: Yes, yes. But
0: uh, good dog. So she, awesome. I would said I am. I'll come up there later and I'll spend the night and we'll hang out with the dog. Oh, I know I'm a fucking sweetheart. Yes,
1: you <laughs> no. both are. That's awesome. That's but fabulous.
0: I I will only have a dog when I have a house because I live in a nine story condo in Buckhead and I'm not, I don't want. I don't want a dog.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of back and forth and yeah. up and down and and also like not having anywhere for that dog to run and play. Yeah.
0: I live with my wife. Humana? My brother.
1: Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honey, he might as well be my wife.
1: I'm like, wait a minute. How? What? Wait, where did we go? This all of a sudden took a quick left turn.
0: <laughs> Hour and 18 in, and then I admit I have a wife. No, I call my brother my wife because, because he'll text me, and uh, he gets home before I do, and be like, "What are you picking up for dinner? What are you picking up for dinner?" Or God forbid, on weekends. Or if I pick something up and I bring it home, why didn't you pick me up anything? Oh, my God. and then I'll be sitting there and like, Jackson, why is there a dish in the sink? Why is your bathroom not clean? Yep, I'm like, it is. You're just a prick.
1: <laughs> is it his place or yours? Both of ours. Okay, so it's truly a shared apartment. Yeah. You didn't move we're just in doing. We,
0: we just did it for two years, so yeah. this is our last year living together. We just did it because we were both single. Paying way too much for our one bedrooms. That you know, I lived in Vinings. He lived in Buckhead.
1: Yep. So like, I lived it. in Vinings. Yeah, I love Vinings. Yeah, that's where I lived when I first moved to town.
0: Great little neighborhood area. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's cool
1: and close to stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you you feel you're still ITP, but you get sort of the OTP feeling. Yes. But I'm as ITP as they get. I'm the biggest city boy now.
1: Nice. Like, I hate
0: camping now too.
1: I'm such a city girl that when I was. A year and a half old, I threw a two-day temper tantrum because I wanted to go to London by myself on the bus. I'm, I shit you not, (laughs) two days. My mom put me down for a nap, hoping that I I would get over it, and I cried myself to sleep. And then I slept for, for hours, so much so that she went in because she was checking on me to make sure I was still breathing. And I'm standing up in the crib, and I see her, and I go, I've got a big smile on my face, and she's so happy that her little angel is back, and I say, Mommy. I go to London by myself on the bus.
0: And this is when you live She's right like, ah! This is when you live near London, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Very cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, have you been to London?
1: Uh yes, I've been back once. I've been back
0: once. Man, I, I would love to go to
1: London. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm I'm I think London and New York are my favorite cities. I, I love I mean, LA is a close second. Um, just because of the topography and, you know, the mountains and the ocean, and and especially when you get outside of L.A., you know, it's just gorgeous. California is just beautiful. Some of the most, in fact, the coast of California is probably hands down the most beautiful um, terrain I've ever seen. But as far as cities and their identity, um, New York and London.
0: I would love to live in New York. I I went on vacation there a couple years ago, and I just obsessed with it. It's the vibe, the constant go.
2: Never sleeps.
0: Yeah. And I'll be getting, being able to get an awesome bagel and coffee after a run at one of those uh, places right there. Yeah. Great. I love that
1: life. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would love to do some radio there. I mean, of course, that's number one market. Do it for radio. I don't know. I want to go, I want to go just be a beach DJ. They don't make shit for money, but they're gods. Like the, the DJs I know on like, say in like Miami or Daytona in Florida or whatever, like they don't make a lot of money, but they are gods. They drink free everywhere. They eat free everywhere. They just go to the beach.
1: About Florida is that they know how to do a good, like, like beach shack, you know, like a good, like beach dive, dive bar on the beach where you can like, just walk up in your flip flops, your, your bathing suit, your sarong. You just walk up and sit down and get a, good frickin' margarita and get some amazing crab dip, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, and yeah, that's where those places, I, I've got a girlfriend from high school who lives down in Florida, and, like, she's constantly, she knows all, like, the local DJs. She's constantly at um, fairs and festivals and stuff like that going on and, and all the live stuff that they've got going on through the radio station and everything. Yeah, I think it's, like, this whole culture down there.
0: Oh, it would be so much fun.
1: People are way more active, I think, in
0: just to do it for like a year or two so what are uh, current projects is old Claire Bronson have going
1: on um well right now mr Mercedes just yeah. started airing the third season of mr Mercedes um I think we we just aired the third episode and um I'm on the whole season and so there's a lot of twists and turns and craziness ensues um so yeah it's it gets it gets pretty crazy, pretty gruesome. So, um, and if you're a Stephen King fan, I, I mean, I, I love his his kind of writing, his uh, storytelling. All all of his characters are just so well fleshed out and multi layered, and you know, three dimensional. So, is, um,
0: is that the one Michael Cole's working on also?
1: Michael Cole was working on The Outsider.
0: I right, I knew he was, he was doing of? a Stephen King thing.
1: He did the outsider. Yeah. For me. Yeah.
0: Because you know, Michael's how all this is happening. What? Yeah. I Michael Michael is the first actor I ever had on the podcast. He was like he was like number three on the podcast. And and then I took a long break from actors just because I kept focusing on rock.
2: Yeah. And
0: then I had Michael back on a while back. And he was like, Jackson, <clears throat> why aren't you having more actors on? And I was like, I don't know. I just uh, I would really like to. I'm just so Late in the game, I feel like he goes, dude. There's no one really covering acting here in Atlanta. There's people that write about it from time to time, yeah. But no one like on the on your level, like on the radio, that you know is covering it. So he started sending me email after email and of people, and so yeah, everybody that I've had on since him, he sent me the emails for. Gosh darn him!
1: (laughs) What an awesome person, Michael Cole. Love ya, yeah. He's good people. He's very good people. Um, yeah, he and I both worked on, uh, The Outsider. And, um, again, another, st- I did back-to-back Stephen King projects. How crazy is that? Um, yeah, uh, and then, and so, so I've got The Outsider. That comes out the beginning of next year, I think. Um, I just had two feature films premiere at Toronto, at TIFF, at Toronto International, International Film Festival. Um, and those are Harriet, about Harriet Tubman, and Just Mercy. um, Two incredible stories. To, uh, it's so well deserved uh, uh, to get attention. Um, so proud to play us. There's small parts both of them, but still, just to, I would I would do anything. I, I would hold the boom to be a part of those projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those come out soon. I think uh, both of them come out before the end of the year. I think Harriet comes out even sooner than that. Like maybe in the next couple of weeks um what else is going on and then we did a both scott and i oh did he tell you about this i don't know if he had done greenland did he talk about greenland
0: me and and scott had a couple beers you don't know what you talked about (laughs) i'm gonna stop
1: asking you questions about about my husband because you don't do you remember scott Poitras? i'm married to him (laughs)
0: I remember it very much because I was so, I thought it was so cool because now I've had two married couples on the podcast.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So going off of that. Um, so a movie called Greenland, Gerard Butler, uh, they were auditioning when I was shooting, when I was shooting Mr. Mercedes and I shoot that, we shoot that in Charleston. So we had, uh, an audition. The initial round was a self tape. And then they did callbacks, and so I had to get back here. Thank God it worked out schedule wise, but I had to get back here for a callback. Go in the room, um, and then and then head back to Charleston to shoot. Well, so Scott and I were not in the room together, but we both got cast on the movie, um. And we got cast to play husband wife on the movie. That's never happened before. And Rick, the director, Rick Roman Waugh, he did not know that we were husband and wife. Like we were never together in the room. And so on set, he's going, Hey Jerry, get over here. Do you know that Claire and Scott are really husband and wife? He was so (laughs) proud of that. So, um, so yeah, I don't remember. Oh, so that, that, that's going on that, that, uh, airs next year sometime. I'm not exactly sure when, but 2020. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it. I just shot a, a an independent film, uh, a feature called Electric Jesus, Whoa. which is really funny that you um, say that about the death metal because this movie is a very funny. It's a it's a, it's a great script, um, coming of age story about a Christian heavy metal band.
0: Awesome.
1: I'm just I, I I'm not into Christian music, but um this this story was so well written and and funny and uh I forget the actor who played you know Kevin from The Office?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um he that actor is in it throughout. He plays the it's a youth band and he plays their manager.
0: Well you and should I, find Jesus, clear.
1: I I should <laughs> Let's organize a search party. Let's go. I'm, I'm there. Um, tough question. Yes.
0: What's your biggest strength as an actress and what's the biggest thing you think you need to work on?
1: Oh, good Lord. Look at you. I really did need to bring wine. Um, what's my biggest strength and the biggest thing that I need to work on
0: or biggest, not you need to work on thing that you feel like you like, you know, um, Yeah, because I feel like in any kind of entertainment, you're constantly improving. You're never there. You're never, you know, you're never.
1: Um, I think that my, I think that my biggest strength, uh, and I'll tell you, I think this has come since working at the studio, since having the studio and working with my actors, and it's really crystallized um, for me because, Teaching acting, it's, it, I mean, it's a business of, a, of opinions. How the, how the hell do you teach somebody art or, or craft, that kind of thing? Um, so everyone
0: does it in their own
2: way.
1: Yes, exactly. And so it, it really makes you have to formulate exactly how your process is and, and, and kind of, cause that's the best thing that I can impart upon them is, is that, well, this is what I do. This is what works for me. And, and not, and also, you know, what works for other people as well. So, and for me as a director, it's all about like, how do I bring out the best in them? Like whatever that is. I mean, even good coaches do that, right? They, they're not, it's not about like, Hey, I'm the boss. I was, I, I love real sports with Bryant Gumble because oh, yeah. I'm not a big sports fan, but that show is about people and what, what their passions are and, and, what brings them together in community and, um, traditions and things like that. Right. And I love that, that kind of human aspect to it. And so, um, I was watching, I forget what coach it is, but I was watching him talk about, it's this great young coach who's like just done phenomenal stuff. And he was talking about how his big, the big thing that he does differently than everybody else is he gets in there and he learns how to speak directly, individually to each of his players. He doesn't stand up there and say, just do what I say because I'm the coach. You know, he he changes his approach for each of his players. And I think that's anybody who is in a position of leadership. I think that's really the the most effective. I think those are the most effective people because they understand that it's an individual approach. So for me, the thing that makes me the thing that I'm most proud of is that I'm looking in all the characters that I play and in all the the stories that I am a part of. And I go, okay, who who does this character need to be in order for me to play this character? Because it's not about it's not about me pretending to be something else. It's about me actually utilizing my life, my history my experiences and bringing that to the table. Yes, I've got to like figure out who this person is and this world and what I would be like in it. So you, you bring those two things together and you've got this great amalgamation now of like a real fleshed out human being. And that's my part in this whole, that's, my, that's, that's the cog that I am as the actor playing this character, you know, taking this story because like Bill Hader even talks about in Barry, he talks about going to his, like they're now the experts on these characters, you know, like it's his show, it's his world. He created this, but now he has to go to them and he runs ideas for their characters past them because they've now picked up the baton and run with it. And, and this, whatever was on the page originally is now like so much greater because of this great partnership. And so, So when I come in, I know that I excel in an atmosphere where I'm allowed to to bring me to the party. Does that make sense? I love
0: how descriptive you are. (laughs) You're a wordsmith.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Because I will tell you, um, doing interviews, uh, it's always like the bane of my existence because I am that person. I can never remember a name to save my life. Obviously, I've done pretty well today. But um, We've killed it. Yeah, we're we're killing. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Lightning round right now.
1: All right. Oh, God. Okay.
0: Quick question. One, who's your favorite actor or actress?
1: Merritt Weaver comes to mind right now. I have, I have a ton of favorites, so I, I'm not an absolute person. Um, unbelievable. You watch unbelievable and it's, um, Colette. What is, what is, um, what the flip and flop, um, She's on unbelievable. She's she's uh she was on United States of Terra. Do you remember that show? Mm. Um okay. Uh but then Merritt Weaver, she's she's the uh, uh the they're the two leads on the show and um Merritt Weaver just watch her. She she can some people say, "Oh, I would watch you read the phone book." You can sit there and watch her stare. You can sit there and watch her talk to herself. She's just so comfortable in her own skin. Uh, I first fell in love with her on Nurse Jackie. You remember uh, that yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Did you watch it? A few times. Okay. So she was the really innocent, naive <clears throat> sidekick to um, Nurse Jackie. So she was the mousy one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny. Um, but she and she's got such great range. You know, she can play comedy. She's got that great comedic timing. But she can play ultra serious, kick ass boss ass bitches too. And I love it. Love it.
0: Boss ass bitches. <laughs> All right, lightning round. First okay. thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What do most people think about you that is absolutely not true?
1: Oh. First thing that comes to mind is people it, before they get to know me, they think um that I'm kind of I don't I don't know if they'd think that now, but I've got friends of mine who like before they got to know me thought that I was like just kind of stuck up or didn't uh, I was somehow I I I don't know closed off or reserved or conservative or what have you fill in the blanks but I mean Catherine gets that too Catherine way gets that yeah people think that Catherine is super conservative and all that kind of and she ain't I'm just (laughs) I'm, I'm bursting your bubble she uh she is not um in the least bit and so, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's my height or um, my nose. I don't know. But no. people think that I'm was very, i very refined, and I'm not.
0: Yeah, I told Catherine during our interview, I was like, you are completely different than I thought you'd be.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 She's She's got some stories. That girl is cray-cray. cray-cray. She knew how to throw down in the day. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
0: Uh, what are two things you should know how to do but don't? Two
1: things I should know an English accent. No, I, I do. I can do an English accent. I don't want to put out there for the world that I can't, but it does. It takes me a little bit for someone who was born there. It just takes me too long to, I, I have to work on it. Let's yeah. put it that way. Okay. Two things I should know how to do, but um, sing. I was singing this morning in my bathroom and I don't know why I was singing. Like I was singing, you are my sunshine because I love that song. And I have the pillow on my bed and I was singing it to my puppies while I was getting ready. And I'm like, why can't I, I, I loved, Chorus. I was in chorus growing the up.
0: sun will come out I tomorrow. It. See? Bet your bottom dollar. You are my
1: sunshine. That's a beautiful song. Did
0: I, was that singing you are my sunshine? You are my sunshine. Uh.
1: My only sunshine.
0: All right, Claire. You stop singing.
1: Singin'. See?
2: <laughs>
1: now I'm traumatized. Now I'm traumatized. You sound just like my mother. Damn it, Jackson. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't. Well,
0: I, I'm sure you're a great singer. I'm sure you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever.
0: Wait, so what, What's on your What's on the plate for the rest of the day without Scott, old Scotty boy?
1: We have a play reading at Drama Inc. Oh, yeah, a play called Gloria Gloria. I thought
0: you were just gonna drink a bunch of rosé.
1: Um, that too. That too. Especially after this, after sitting here watching you drink a beer in front of me. Thanks.
0: Just enjoy my alcohol while you're all sober. <laughs> all right, you have a hundred dollars only a hundred dollars uh to burn for the day, and you have the whole day to yourself. What are you doing?
1: um my favorite thing in the world, especially is being in a town that I've never been in before and um exploring, just getting lost, whether it's walking, taking lift, ending up in a part of town that um I've never been in, taking pictures. Um, sitting in some like little small hole in the wall cafe, and just
0: you only got a hundred dollars here, Claire. <laughs>
1: I've only got a hundred dollars. I, I, you can take a lift and get a cup of coffee and a hundred dollars, and take pictures on my iPhone. Absolutely
0: true. true. Yeah. All right. Um, what does a co- well No. What makes you think? What makes you say? What was I thinking when you look back on your life?
1: What was I thinking? I don't have regrets, so I don't know. Not much. Not much makes me think, and that's not because I haven't done stuff. Um, What was I thinking?
0: So conservative. What was, what? You're so conservative. You've never done anything worth trouble. That's I've, a joke. I've
1: sky, I've gone skydiving.
0: Badass.
1: I, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's My hat's cool. off to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 um, yeah, I, I've gone skydiving. Um, I don't, I don't shy away from things unless there's no like built in like rock climbing to me like that kind of thing. No, that, that scares the crap out of me because there's nothing to catch me. If I fall, at least I've got a parachute, you know, I mean, I I know that it may be faulty logic to some, but, um, like jumping on a perfectly good plane. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I remember like almost falling off the edge of a a small mountain, you know, and at the time my boyfriend at the time totally saved my ass. So that might be a, what was I thinking moment? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's a bad question. I'm sorry. You're, my, when you ask that for a rock band, they, they say some night they got, you know, near death on heroin or whatever.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just okay, no Okay, okay, No, no, well, no,
0: no, no. You're, 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 you're a Mrs. Goody Good. You're, you're, oh, my God. You're a Miss Goody Two-Shoe. I'm oh, sorry. my
1: God. Now uh, I'm Miss Goody Two-Shoe. Never
0: smoked anything, probably. You know, always obey the law, always wore your seatbelt. Oh, no, I well, guess. I can tell
1: you uh, the night that Scott and I smoked a big fat J on our honeymoon, and... um. And it went horribly wrong. Yeah. Okay. What was it I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all he wanted to do was, was all I wanted to do was have sex and all he wanted to do was play video games. <laughs> so yeah. What, what was I thinking? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: He's high and just wants to play video games. He wants to play He's video little...
1: games. We clearly, we learned all, all too quickly that, um, both of us high, very different results. See, I don't, don't like video results. games.
0: I don't like video games. I can't, I he, can't do it.
1: He loves video games.
0: I, I just get bored.
1: Um, yeah. Well, we actually like bonded over like video games. Um I'm trying to remember it was Zelda. Zelda we would Zelda. Say. Yeah. I'm I'm not much of a video <laughs> games person, but with him, yeah, I I loved it like those puzzle solving games. Um Yeah. All right. Now I'm learning something. See, you said what do I need to work on? Clearly I need to work on um sharing my wild ass stories.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I could, I could I could entertain you for 5 hours with mine. Okay. Um all right. Uh, since this is basically a rock podcast, what's your favorite rock band?
1: Because uh, it
0: started out as a rock podcast.
1: Um, I love
0: U two. U 2s great. Saw them last year. There, I've seen
1: them live yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, they're great. Um, uh, who, who else? I, I I uh I love Lizzo right now.
0: That's that is not a rock band. band. I know,
1: but I'm sorry.
0: That is a catchy song, though.
1: It it's a. Are, are you kidding me? Everything she does is catchy.
0: She came in into the station and I met her and she was like, how you doing? I'm like, man, you were you are a personality.
1: She's fabulous. fabulous. I love her.
0: All right, one movie the rest of your life. What are you watching?
1: One movie the rest of my life.
0: One movie. You can only watch one movie or watch one TV show over and over.
1: Um, One TV show over and over. And
0: the Sopranos? No, I've never seen The Sopranos. I never saw an episode of The Walking Dead either. Or or Game of Thrones.
1: I was cast twice in The Walking Dead. Really? You still don't see me either time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to being a working actor.
0: I know. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations to anybody that wants to get into business
1: now. Yay! Uh, it's yeah. so much fun.
0: I tell people that trying to get into radio here, like, Atlanta's number seven. We're market number seven oh. in the country. So, a big deal. And I got my own show here when I was 27. And, um, and people will come in, they're like... I've worked a lot of free hours. Of course, you probably worked a lot of free hours doing a lot of stuff, you know, paying your dues. Yes. People don't get that anymore, Claire. They don't understand that.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. We have actors who, this, this was a lot when we started, coming into the studio wanting to just get in front of casting directors, do casting director workshops, just get in front of casting directors and just get famous.
0: Name names. Let's shame suffered. them. Let's shame Let, them.
1: Right now. Okay. Are you ready? Are you listening? Here we go. No. No All names. the
0: Drama Inc. students are fantastic. They're
1: fabulous. They're amazing. Yeah.
0: We have one of your students coming in after you. Yes, you do. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's great.
1: She's one of my students, actually.
0: Yeah. We're doing a, a crossover collab kind of on, because she has a podcast.
1: Yes, she does.
0: Yeah. A slate of mine.
1: Yeah. 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 I listened to Jason McDonald's episode.
0: Have you listened to Jason McDonald's on the Scode podcast? No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have homework to do. No. Another thing I have to be better at, I guess.
0: You didn't even listen to your own damn husband's episode I, on here. I, I, you I, probably I, won't even listen to your episode. I, I, I'm just going <laughs> to trash talk you during the whole thing. Yes. In the intro, I'm about, this woman came in here, <laughs> fucking just <laughs>
1: She didn't know we drank beer. <laughs>
0: you know, we just come in here with a big ass jug of water. Clearly. <laughs> God, talk about self-indulge. <laughs> this woman. <laughs>
1: And right. then Jackson killed Claire.
0: And then Jackson, I mean, the real Mister Mercedes.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh.
0: Isn't that the premise?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It all starts with a a really bad Mercedes
0: accident. Mm.
1: Not accident, planned. All right.
0: What high level job? And we're almost done. Don't worry. Uh, what? <laughs> how, what? How, an hour and forty three minutes. I think that's pretty good. Is that good? Yeah. I mean, good- it doesn't feel like an hour and forty three, does no, no. it? No, because I'm a good host, baby. Yes, you I'm are. A good, but I, I, I have improved on some. All right, so real quick, I asked you what your strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, I'll, I'll say mine for interviewing. I am a, a good interviewer of leading uh, interviews, but I'm i mostly interview like local rock bands. So it's really easy. It's just a bunch of guys. We're all the same age, and yes. you know, shooting the shit, getting drunk, whatever, and yes. uh,
1: and they yeah. have great stories to tell. Apparently, and they, and like, have- better than mine. I
0: mean, I can I can go for stories of the times I've been emceeing at places around Atlanta, and they just whip out a tray and it's like five lines back to back before they go on stage. I don't participate in that, but um, (laughs) um, yeah, and so I get very nervous with because I love interviewing actors. I want the podcast to be so like embedded into the acting scene here in Atlanta, and like because I I almost.
2: Oh, so um,
0: so I when I get to talk to a bunch of successful actors like you're like all of y'all that have been on, uh-huh. it's I get nervous. I get really nervous because y'all have been in things that I love, like you know Jason being in um, uh Vampire Diaries, you being in Ozark. Like these are the shows I've loved and I've seen y'all in. So it's like I get nervous at times, and Aww. I saw so, and I sometimes talk about myself too much out of nervousness. So like when Catherine came in i like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, I mean, she was the nicest sport about it, and I, I don't, she never said anything, but I like, I went back and listened, I was like, Jackson, stop talking about yourself so much shit, and I feel like I have done great with you today, because I wouldn't-
1: Because you're not starstruck with I them. am,
0: I was so nervous.
1: Oh, come on. I know, for
0: all of y'all, for all of y'all that have been in, I've, I mean, I wouldn't ask you unless I've known who you are or whatever, yeah. and I mean, I've followed the acting scene here in Atlanta for years, and- you know, kept up with it because I love acting. It was like my passion when I was growing up. So I, I think I've done better about not, about keeping it.
1: It's know. been a great <laughs> couple of hours with you.
0: <sighs> <laughs>
1: I <sighs> might even listen to this one.
0: Oh my God. I might get Claire Bronson to actually right? listen to this fucking podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if it wasn't acting, what high level job do you think you could lie your way into with little to no experience and no one would notice?
1: Oh, if it wasn't acting, what? I thought you were gonna say if it wasn't acting, what would you want to do? And I was gonna say directing.
0: Um, oh, do you have plans to direct?
1: I just directed my first short.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's Why didn't you stripped. say that earlier? It's
1: called Stripped. Stripped. Yeah,
0: because we know Claire likes to be naked on bow, the camera. Chicka, bow, wow. Bow, wow! Yeah. Is that actually what it's about? Stripped.
1: It's about stripping. Oh, nice. No, it's not.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: Right. Um, no, it's. Uh, you you have fr- to watch it and see. Uh, yeah. yeah. Are you a
0: frequenter of the strip clubs in Atlanta? A lot of good choices. A uh, lot of good choices. <laughs> I have never been to a strip club. Have you not? You no, are the most bland I, person I've ever met.
1: I, I, <laughs> I'm joking. I you're jump a, out of airplanes. You're a wild Jackson. animal,
0: Claire. You're a wild just animal. Just
1: saying. You are um, crazy.
0: Scott is. just... No,
1: I, I, I would. I'd like to go. I've just, it's not something that, it's not my like necessary cup of tea. But I I think I would probably like to do it sometime with friends, you know, that kind of thing.
0: It's a fun, like, it's an uh,
1: interesting night of people watching. Like, I
0: don't go for like to get my rocks off because, like, it's like paying for blue balls, I call it. That's why I've never (laughs) been a fan of that. But, Like my but my best friend got married last year and of course one of the places we went uh, through the bachelor party of course we're gonna go to a strip club for one of them so like stuff like that it's cool and fun but you know then you're there and you see the guy with the air tank and he's like (laughs) and he's like just you trying to smack the ass and all that and this guy comes here to get his rocks off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm not big on, like, male strippers either. Like, I just... Unless they can dance. If they can really dance and bring it... And do the helicopter? Then, hell yeah. Like, uh, what is the helicopter? What is the helicopter? Uh, uh, what was it? Magic Mike? Like, mm-hmm. I love those movies because they, like, can really dance in those. Like, that mesmerizes me. But if, if it's just men... Just taken there. I'm. I'm not even.
0: You want a performance. You want yes. to be entertained.
1: I want them to earn.
0: See, with men, it's hard. They got to try a little harder, you know, because they can't just like whip it right out. You know, they got to. You know, where with women, when guys go foreplay, strip, go,
1: please foreplay. Come rev, on,
0: rev it up a little bit. Rev yeah. up the engine.
1: I want a story. <laughs> I want a be, story. You, you gotta- want to be.
0: You want to be romanced.
1: Yes, I do. You know, I'm but- worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I am worth it.
0: Worth the romance. <laughs> but then with guys, you know, luckily. The luck of being a woman stripper is you just go out there and like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's uh, all you gotta uh, do. Un- unbutton those buttons. Uh, and guys, you start
0: the motorboat. <laughs> 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 and that's why I, every time, and when I have gone to a strip club, I will not let them put their tits in my face because, like, a million other guys have been there. Because you're
1: thinking uh, of all the other faces that have yeah, motorboated those uh, they, they
0: don't wipe them off, they don't wipe them off. But I did have them. Can,
1: can I parallel your tits, please? Real quick, just let me, let
0: just, me rub a little bit on.
1: You. Sh- sh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. I now continue. They're they're now. Go boat. to
0: go to town with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did MC concerts at a strip club in Atlanta for like a year at the Claremont. Oh lounge.
1: oh yes, I've been to the Claremont. Yes, yeah. yeah, I a, didn't even think about that. Yes, I've been to the see the Claremont. That's absolutely that yeah. place has got history.
0: So it was cool to be able to say I got paid to MC concerts at a strip club. Yeah. Yeah, so know. That's fun. Yeah. All right. What man, I'm so excited you're uh, directing your first short. Does you want to pro- progress more into directing? Yes, I do. That's awesome. Absolutely. Who what's a director you really respect?
1: What's a director I really respect? Um I really respect Rick Roman Wall cuz mm-hmm. I just worked with him. No. And he was lovely. I direct I respect any director that um like for instance, um you know the director that I just worked with on um this project that I told you about electric jesus uh you know he he's i think this is his first feature, I think so, or first or second feature, that kind of thing um but he is uh he's an actor's director, you know someone who can speak the language instead of just go, okay, do it again, but louder mm. uh, you know or. Be angry next time, you know. It's like, okay, great, thanks. All right, and and yes, we have to be able to take that and and translate what that means. But yeah, um, uh, does, does that answer your question? Yeah.
0: No, I heard Clint, Clint Eastwood was just in Atlanta filming. Yeah, and I hear he has a great set. Like he's a great director. Yeah, I hear he's very like yo go go when he gets the shot, moves on.
1: Scott just worked with Barry Jenkins. Oh wow! And he said he was. Wonderful, It was absolutely wonderful. J- okay, um, favorite director Jason Bateman. Mm. Yeah, I, I I adored working with him. He um he he talks things through. He um allows you time to uh to bring your ideas to it, your perspective. He's open. Um, he rehearses stuff. You know. Um, so he he. I mean, again, he's an actor. He understands what it's like to be on on our side of the table and so um, on our side of the camera. And so, um, yeah, when I, I, he didn't direct me in Ozark, but he directed me in The Outsider and I adored working with him. And now he, you know, just won for his direction mm-hmm. on Ozark. So, um, rightfully so. So.
0: And last question. Yes. What's, what role are you really wanting to play that you haven't played yet?
1: I want to play comedy. I want to do comedy, specific co- comedy that's right for me. I'm by no means do I, Andrea Savage, that's who I was trying to think of earlier. I'm sorry, Andrea Savage. I'm sorry because I've been on this big comedy kick because I've been watching I- I'm Sorry and Schitt's Creek and Fleabag and all of these women are amazing women who um, just excel and at the, uh, are at the top of their game and um and but yet very personal with their craft um i i want to i i love comedy i love good comedy uh i love comedy that doesn't feel like it needs to conform i'm i'm not real big in like into multi cam sitcom i'm sorry but i i do love like outside the box comedy and um and i really look forward to when i get to to jump into that world and play in that cuz I've people like to torture me a lot these days um so yeah I anything where I don't have to cry every single take
0: uh you know what you should do you yeah. should go do stand-up comedy
1: I should do you think I'm funny enough
0: no but, I no? Think I, no, but I mean, <laughs> I'm i just saying I'm just saying if no no I, I don't I'm just saying if you, really you should want, do
1: it Claire yeah
0: to, if you want to act in comedy you should you know and instead of just oh. acting in comedy, you should get up and do comedy. I do stand up comedy.
1: Marvelous Mrs. Mazel. That's that have you seen that? That's about stand up comedy. It's about
0: uh, And I'm just kidding, sweetie. You're hysterical. You're yeah. so funny. I've I'm been
1: laughing. I'm you're killing I, me. I've here. been
0: laughing on the inside the whole time. No, uh-huh. well, I think you uh-huh. can do it if you had the right material. Uh-huh. You know, you got that you got that like sassy attitude that, you know, could like play with the crowd and like call people out. Yeah.
1: I my students think I'm hysterical. Either that or they just. Well, oh,
0: they're also trying to get into the business. Acting. They're, they're no, acting. No, they're sucking up because it's <laughs> like you're their teacher, you're in the business, and they're.
1: They want an A in class. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I should go do stand up. Wow. Yeah. I It does fascinate me these days, just and go I don't do know an, why. Just go I don't do an know open why.
0: mic, five minute open mic at Laughing Skull and uh, Vortex in Midtown. You're good.
1: I'd have to write something. Yeah. I know.
0: No, you should just steal a bit from like some of my big, like Jim Jeffries or Eddie Murphy. Again,
1: that's from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. yeah, her her husband's the one who wants to be the stand-up comedian, and he's the, so she's there, like, supporting him and writing his, er, er, he's not even writing stuff, he's stealing people's bits and stuff like that. It's a good show, you should watch it. What's like, it called? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
0: Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh-huh, and it's where, hysterical. Where, where can you find this? Amazon. I have Amazon. I've got, yeah. the, I've got the old Zahn. Yep. Amazon. I, I'm. I'm. God, get off on such tangents here.
1: I know. But, so
0: uh, I love Amazon because you can just like. Do you have you ever found yourself spending way too much money on Amazon just because you can just one click buy? Yes. Like things you don't even need. Yes. I've got. A, I've, got I've got. Like. Um. I've got a. Um. Uh, what. What is he used? Uh. Fucking a vegetables oh, puree.
1: See, you're catching my disease now. I know.
0: A food yeah, processor. Food processor. I have one that's still in its box.
1: Oh yeah. I've got a juicer. I've probably used. I have a three juicer times. too. Yeah. Yep.
0: Still in its box. Yep. You got a uh, rice maker. They make it too. way too easy. Yeah. It's just, it's just one click. Bam.
1: There it is at your door.
0: You know, it's already got your billing address, your shipping address, everything right there.
1: One yep. click. Yep.
0: One yep. click. I uh, I'm a big um, advocate of these. So I used to be a, a dipper. Oh. Yeah. So these grinds, they're coffee pouches. It's just coffee in it. Coffee and vitamins. Really? Yeah, but it takes the oral fixation away,
1: and so you put it in just like dip, and yeah. you getting your coffee
0: dip or penis. You know, I had to have an oral fixation for something. One
1: so <laughs> you <laughs> went that way. You chose that one after trying them both.
0: Yeah, I, I just I was like, what's gonna work best for like, me here? Hmm. <laughs> what am I gonna get the most satisfaction? I ran out? <laughs>
1: no. I ran taste tests.
0: Uh. Mm. <laughs> oh, Claire, this was so much fun. This was <laughs> me great. Too. Did you have a good time? I had a blast. Awesome. I, I would did. love to do it again.
1: Yes. I and love... I will bring rose next yeah, time. Yeah, please do. Rose all day, baby.
0: But as I always say, and like your episode 90, I've said it 89 times. I said it with Catherine. And just because you're a woman, I'm not going to not say it. Yeah. Next time you come on the podcast, you got to do one thing for me. What do I have to do? You got to wear something tight, baby. <laughs>